0: You may take over the call, you when you're ready. Thank you. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevayam Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevayam Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevayam Narayanam Naramchai Naram Devin Bhautam Devinsarasatimhyasam Tatodim Yajirayat this morning we're reading Srimad Bhagavad Gita, chapter five, text one. Arjuna Uvacha Sanyasam karmaṇam Krishna Arjuna said, O Krishna. First of all, you ask me to renounce work, and then again, you recommend work with devotion. Now, will you kindly tell me definitely which of the two is more beneficial? In this fifth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says that work and devotional service is better than dry mental speculation. Devotional service is easier than the latter because being transcendental in nature it frees one from reaction. In the second chapter, preliminary knowledge of the soul and its entanglement in the material body were explained. How to get out of this material entanglement by Buddha yoga or devotional service was also explained therein. In the third chapter, it was explained that a person who is situated in the platform of knowledge no longer has any duties to perform. And in the fourth chapter, the Lord told Arjuna, that all kinds of sacrificial work culminate in knowledge. However, at the end of the fourth chapter, the Lord advised Arjuna to wake up and fight, being situated in perfect knowledge. Therefore, by simultaneously stressing the importance of both work and devotion and inaction in knowledge, Krishna has perplexed Arjuna and confused his determination. Arjuna understands that renunciation in knowledge involves cessation of all kinds of work, performed his sense activities. But if one performs work in devotional service, then how is work stopped? <coughs> in other words, he thinks that sannyasam, or renunciation and knowledge, should be altogether free from all kinds of activity because work and renunciation appear to him to be incompatible. He appears not to have understood that work and full knowledge is non-reactive and is therefore the same as inaction. He inquires, therefore, whether he should cease work altogether, or work with full knowledge. chakshur my dear, O my beloved, O my beloved, O my beloved, O my beloved, Nama Shishtam Manumabhi Sachi Putra Matra Svarupam Tasyagraja Muratari Matri Rengoshtavadhyam Radha Kundam Giribharam Maho Radhika Madhavasam Bhakto Yasya Patita Kupayashi Guruntam Natoshi Tvam Gubhika Vishwara De Sthani Antikesi Seva Adhikarit Burodita Padhapadhyam Dasyam Pradaya Guru Mamraja Kaniyashi God hungry sukhiṇam say sucking him succumb. God Tamaham satatam she Nichopi Yatprasad so we Jai Sri Krishna why are people of Jan, Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare Hari Ram, Hari Ram, Ram, When you drive to work in your car, note that the freeways, the roads are packed with people all doing the same thing. What are they after? What are they looking to achieve? What do they want by that endeavor? If we distill that all down, if we examine, carefully examine what are people doing and understand their motivation, we can understand that they're after sense gratification. They're working to get money, to get position, and to get a paycheck. With that paycheck, they want to buy things that will please their mind and senses. So Krishna is recommending to Arjuna previously that this type of endeavor is not going to make us happy. In fact, in this same chapter, later in chapter 5, Lord says, uh, that bringing our senses in contact with the objects will never please us. This is called San Looking at the world through our eyes to see beautiful objects, to hear, to taste, to touch, to smell, and in this way enjoy the world, Krishna says, this is not the source of happiness. Rather, this is dukkha yonea. It's the source of distress. And everyone's thinking the whole world is moving under this illusion that I will be happy by working hard, getting enjoying the fruits of my labor in terms of monetary remuneration. And with that money, I will go out and buy things that will please my mind and senses. And in this way, I will enjoy. So this is uh, the greatest illusion because what are senses? We should examine and understand exactly what are senses. Senses are instruments. This body is described by Krishna. He says, <laughs> That this body is a yantra. It is a machine. And the senses are the vehicles through which we navigate the machine. Just like on your car, you have a windscreen, a windshield. We have windshield in our body, our eyes. We have little windshield wipers, our eyelids. They're keeping the screen clean. We're looking out into this world through our eyes. We're touching, we're hearing, we're smelling, tasting. We're experiencing the world through our senses. But are we those senses? We are not. It's like I'm wearing glasses here so I can see properly. But can the glasses see? The glasses are material objects for matter, Krishna says, this is my Bina Prakriti, my external material energy. But we are, up, the next verse says, that we're Paraprakriti, we're aloof from matter. So therefore we can understand we're aloof from the activities of the senses. We're using our senses to try and enjoy this material world. But this is illusion because we have no connection with the material world. How are we connected? What is the, the means of this illusory connection? That is ahankar. Buddhi Manahankar, the subtle material energy of the Lord. This ahankar connects us to the material world and makes us think, Sadaswaj Bhog, material sense gratification, will please me. But Krishna says, you're not part of that. You're Paraprakriti. You're not this jada Prakriti, this dull, dead, lifeless matter because our body is actually dead. It's dull, lifeless matter. But because we can experience, we can touch and taste and smell and experience the world, we think I'm, I'm part of this world. This is the effect of a hunkar. We're not part of this world. We don't belong here and we can't stay here. But people are working for this thing, how to become happy in the material world. And this is life's greatest illusion. Simple thing that the whole world doesn't understand. That we can't stay here, our body is changing from boyhood to youth, to old age, to death. We're asmin dehe, with the consciousness, the soul, the atma within the body. So, why are people working? They're all working in illusion. So, as Srila Prabhupada explains in the purport, that Lord Krishna is recommending to Arjuna that you stop working for fruitive work. This is called Nishkam Karma Yoga. And Krishna says, This is good. Of course, it's good because we're stepping back from the whole illusion of material life that I will work, I will profit, and I will enjoy. This is good. But this can never give us. Uh, spiritual happiness and we can never become self-realized by this Krishna is uh, emphasizing it to Arjuna because it's a step along the path now in this verse Krishna uh, uh, Arjuna has become confused he's saying this is a, this appears to be uh, contradictory on one side you say work without devotion but uh, devotional but work in devotion." The devotion is also work. Devotees are distributing books, we're balancing books, we're maintaining temples, we're preaching, we're worshiping the deity. Devotees are going to work to raise families and worship the deity at home. Devotees are busy people. <laughs> Some people criticize, oh, you guys are a bunch of lazy people. Why don't you get a job? And at least that's what they used to tell us we bet on, on Hari Nam. And people would shout at us, get a job. They roll down their window, get a job. They don't know. The devotees get up two, three o'clock in the morning. And we go, we sleep five, six hours, seven hours maximum. We're very busy people. We're busy working. But is there a reaction to that? This is the point. Arjun doesn't understand that there's no reaction. This is Nishkam Karma Yoga, reaction without work, but for the satisfaction of Krishna, devotional service. And this is a whole different ballgame to work just to please Krishna. Devotional service is devotional work which has no reaction. But it says in Bhagavad Gita, Jagatat Karmanon Lokoyam Karma Kontaya. Mukta sanga mm-hmm. Jagartat Karmanon Yatva karma Tadartam Karma konteya Mukta Sanga Samachara that Mokta Sangha will become liberated from the results of work. Why? Tadartam. Because we're working to please Krishna. And this is a whole different world compared to Nishkam, Karma, Yoga. Just working without fruitive desire, working without attachment to the result. This is good. It's very good to work without attachment to the result, Nishkam, Karma. But this, this type of work is still karma. You're still bound to the material world. Therefore, we can understand devotional service is the only practical way in which to live in this world because mukta-sangha-samachara, we become liberated from the reaction of work because tadartam, Krishna is the enjoyer. We work to please Krishna. Even in uh, family life, we can see one man Is working, he's getting in his car, going to a job, he's performing some service, he's getting a paycheck, he goes home, he maintains his family. If you compare his life to the life of a non-devotee, externally they appear to be very much the same. The cars, they're going to work, they're driving in a car, they're pleasing a bus, they're making some profit, they're spending money. Externally, they appear to be quite the same. But internally, a devotee's consciousness is very, very different. And we should note that actually devotional service, devotional life, is 98% internal. It's not about what clothes you wear, about uh, how straight your tilak is, or wearing a dhoti, or a sari, or chika. These things will not conquer Krishna. Anyone can put on a dhoti. It's a, a thief, a murderer. Can put on a dhoti and appear like a nice devotee. The clothes do not make the man or make the woman. Our spiritual life is very much internal. Our consciousness should be for Krishna. This is the whole point of devotional life, not what we're doing externally. We of course we have we avoid strictly avoid sinful life, but aside from that, our consciousness should be fixed on Krishna, and this is. Buddhi yoga, Krishna calls this Buddhi yoga, or bhakti yoga, that which links us. And for that activity, that is tadartam karma kunte, tadartam karma, work done just to please Krishna. This activity liberates us from the material world. This is the perfection of work. In <clears> Bhagavatam, <throat> we find the verse, uh, at the perfection of our sonushti dharma, our own particular situation in life, our own individual dharmic activities, the perfection of all those activities, whether you're a business person, a brahmachari, a mother, a renunciate, a uh, uh, retired person, The perfection of all those activities is what sanasadir haditoshanam haditoshanam to please the lord this is tadartam karma to work in such a way that krishna is pleased with us sometimes a person may think my life especially in grihastarshan because it's a life of responsibility It's it's a life of burdensome activities and they may think these these brahmacharis they're so happy they're just dancing and singing and going out preaching. They're eating nice maha-prasad. Uh, they have no care in the world. They have no responsibilities. And my life is so burdensome, my grihastha life is so burdensome. I wish I could just be like them. But will Krishna be pleased if you leave your family? No. And the Brahmacharya may think, all those grihasthas they have everything. He drives a nice car. He has money in his pocket. He's married to an attractive woman. His, his kids call him Papa. They say, Daddy, I love you. Well, I wish I had something like everyone should be satisfied with their own position in life. And son said here, just to please the Lord by one's activities. Be happy with the life we've achieved by our own karma. Bhagavatam says, Karmana Daivanatena Jantra Deva Babati, udaram kanashriya. That the trainer, we've gotten this body. We've entered this material world from the moment of conception. We've gotten a particular type of body and along with that body, we get a particular type of activity, a particular standard of material happiness, a particular standard of wealth, of fame, of health, of disease. Everything is destined to us. Why? Karma na the by our previous activities. Chila Prabhupada told a story when he was in Scottish Church's College. Their business, of course, being a Christian institution is to brainwash all the young Hindu boys. So the professor, Professor Arquard was saying that how can there be karma because there's no witness? How can there be a past life, a responsibility for a past life because there's nobody there to see? He was offended by this comment that he said, because I was not so very expert in my school years, I didn't know what to say to him. But what is our answer? That is Sarva Sarvasya Krishna is there in our heart, he's witnessing every activity, and Karmana Daiva trainer the demigods are fulfilling our own destiny, who are acting under the jurisdiction of the Supreme Lord, who is a witness of every breath, of every beat of our heart. So what is the purpose of life? Our life is not meant just for sense gratification. Our life is meant to please the Lord. In this activity, in and in, this is the, we say in English, it levels the playing field where any person and any walk of life can please the Lord and go back to Godhead. The Lord says in Gita, ninth chapter, Mamhiparta Bipaschitya Anyone in any walk of life, any economic strata, any social strata, any walk of life, if he takes shelter, upashritya, if he takes shelter of the Lord, he can go back to Godhead. So, this is the secret of devotional life, the, the incredible, uh, merciful dispensation of the Lord. Who gives every person in every walk of life, every situation equal opportunity to return to the spiritual world? And the only qualification is tadartam. We learn to work for Him. We make our, our activities centered around Him. In the Bhagavad Gita, we hear the same thing. Lord said, You offer me a leaf, a flower, fruit, or water, Yome bhaktya with devotion, and I accept that. Now we can't think that I'll give the Lord a glass of water and one tulsi leaf, and I will eat nice, sabji, paneer, saag paneer, and puri, and halava, and samosa, and kachori, and praskula. But the Lord said, No, He only wants one glass of. No. Because whatever you do, whatever you eat, Whatever you offer or give away, whatever austerity you perform, whatever charity you do, tadartam that you do this as an offering unto me. This is the same tadartam that we work, we do it for Krishna's satisfaction. What is this last verse? He says, "Yat tadartam." Anyway, I'm forgetting the last thing. Anyway, then we should offer everything to Krishna. What is the result of that? Next verse says, these three verses are very important. Next verse says, What is the result of that? When we work for Krishna, Shubh and Ashubh have no meaning. Because we're working for the satisfaction of the Lord. We're offering everything to him. There's no shub and ashub. In the material world, every action has a, a concomitant reaction, either positive or negative. You do something positive, you get good birth. And for that, the materialistic person, the materialistic Vedavada Rata, people become mad to follow the Vedas to get some uh, very powerful uh, fruitive result. They want to go to Swarga, they want good birth, they want material opulence, and that is available by following the Vedas, but Krishna is not involved. Krishna is not the beneficiary, so they can't. They go very high. They have to come back to this material world. So what is our principle? When we work for Krishna, there's no positive result because good karma is also bad karma. Why is it bad karma? Because we're forced to come back to this material world to reap the result and back to the material world even as a birla, as an ambani, as a tata, as a gates. You still have to experience birth, death, old age and disease. It's just a higher standard of living. You still have to experience the miseries of material life. So, what does it mean to good karma? It's meaningless. So, good karma, bad karma, it's all a, a bad deal. But what is our point? What is our suggestion? That we work to satisfy the Lord. True Moksha Karma Lord's saying the same thing here as ninth chapter, as he said in seventh chapter. Muktasanga Samachara. We become free from the reactions of work, and this karma Mukta Sanga samachara, and this verse Moksha karma We become free from karma bandana. and is it just that we become free by devotional life, by offering something to Krishna, by offering our life to Krishna, by offering all of our activities to Krishna? No, that. Mm-hmm. You're liberated, Vimokto, And this is the main point. This is the conclusion. Mamupaisasi means you come back to me. By devotional light, we come back to Krishna. So, this is ultimately Krishna's answer to Arjuna that we can't compare anything to devotional service. Nothing compares to devotional service because nishkam, karma, yoga cannot liberate you from this material world. Only devotional service can liberate us from this material world. Only devotional service uh, pleases Krishna and uh, controls Krishna. Jnana can't control Krishna. Yoga can't control Krishna. Certainly karma can't control Krishna, but bhakti controls Krishna. She says, after many births and deaths of jnana, which is superior to yoga, which is superior to karma, after many births and deaths of this practice of jnana, which is a jnana mam, but the jnanis are dear to me, but still they have to come back over and over and over until they come to the point of understanding vasudeva sarvam. In such a person, samahatma sudrulama, he's most rare, uh, glorified, sudrulama, rare, mahatma, great soul. So bhakti is everything. Only bhakti can liberate us from its material, karma khanat, jnana aruya Krishna parampadam The jnanis want to merge with the impersonal absolute, but they can't stay there. They have to come down because they don't take shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord. Bhakti is the only solution to become free from this material world. It's the only way that we can ultimately please Krishna. In Srimad Bhagavatam, 11th canto, Lord Krishna told Uddhava, Nasaayati maam yoga, Nasaankyam dharma uddhava, Nasaayasatapas karam jagu." that I'm not even pleased by these things, by Sankhya, by Yoga, by Karma, by Tapasya, but none of these things please me. I'm not controlled by these things. I'm only pleased, I'm only controlled by Bhakti. Bhakti is the only means to liberate one from the entanglement of the fruits of labor, the reactions to our activities in this material world. So this should be understood from this verse in Bhagavad Gita that for, uh, Nishkam Karma Yoga, work without fruit it, uh, intent, detached from the fruits of labor. This is very good, but it can't liberate you from the material world. We can't go back to Godhead. We can't become the associate of the Lord, eternal associate. Yam gatva paramamama, to go back to the kingdom of God and never come back to this material world. This is not. This an impossible proposition for those engaged in Nishkam Karma Yoga. The only means to become liberated from this material world is Bhakti because Bhakti controls Krishna. We enter into the kingdom of God by Bhakti. We become eligible to enter into the kingdom of God by Bhakti. We become eligible to see Krishna to talk with Krishna, to eat with Krishna, to dress Krishna, to bathe Krishna, to feed Krishna, to wake Krishna, to put Krishna to sleep, have intimate, loving relationship with Krishna is possible only by bhakti. Now that may seem you know, fanatical to some people, but this is shastra. Na <inaudible> na sukham na Na If we reject Shastra, there's no question of going back to God. There's no question of even becoming happy in this world if we reject Shastra. And Shastra teaches us over and over again that the only means to leave this material world and never come back is to take shelter of bhakti. And by this, Krishna also says in Bhagavad Gita, 11th chapter, he says, not by karma, not by jnana, not by yoga, not by tapasya, not by y- yajna, dhana, tapas, none of these things. He says, what? How can you know me? gyatum That we can know Krishna, we can see Krishna eye to eye and face to face by this process of bhakti you can hold krishna we're doing this uh, amazing kirtik mask gamandar mask we, we sing ritam te mukam vojam attantil ritam kuntalai snigdha rakta istagopya moha chumbitam bimba rakta duramme manasya virastamam makshama bhai when i your shoulder holding krishna in her arms Krishna's beautiful lotus like face is encircled by locks of curling hair, and his cheeks have become reddened due to the kisses of Mother Yashoda. This is the potentiality of bhakti. Mother Yashoda is holding the Lord in her arms and kissing his face. She's kissing the face of God. But she's thinking, He's my son, He's my son, He's my son. This is Braj, braj Prem, Braj Bhakti. It is available by the practice of bhakti here. This is, we're on probation. Srila Prabhupada said, practicing Krishna Bhakti in the material world means we're on probation, we're liberated. By this practice, we're going back to Gajya. If we continue the practice, we're on probation. For example, I used to do, when I was living in America, I used to do jail preaching and visit the different prisons in North Carolina and. Uh, Virginia. And while I was in Colorado also, we were visiting one co- uh, prison there. So there was one man. He uh, decided he was going to rip off the US government and he was selling US government ordinance on the street. He got caught, thrown in jail and did his time. And after his time, he was put on probation. Probation means you're not free from the government control. There's a halfway house. You go to the halfway house. You check in and they give you a car and they give you a job to get you reestablished in society. But you have to report to the probation officer and you have to stay in the halfway house. You're not not free to do as you like. So this person thought, I'm tired of this. I have a car, I've got money in my pocket and he made a run for the border. (laughs) And he got stopped at the Mexican border and thrown back into jail. So this is a very good analogy actually, because in devotional life, we're on probation. We can fall back into mature life at any moment. But as long as we continue following the rules of the probation officer, who is who? Probation officer means Sri Guru. You have to check in with Sri Guru. You have to follow Guru's instructions. And if you follow his instructions in due course of time, you're off probation and you're completely free. So being off probation means we go back to the kingdom of God, completely free. Practicing the principles of hmm. that we become free by practicing the principles of regulated freedom and devotional service. Reporting to guru, following guru's instructions and at the end of life, no more birth and death. We become free from the prison of material life by following the instructions of the parole officer and to the ultimate extent that we can enter into these pastimes, we can be part of Mother Yashoda's entourage, who is waking Krishna and putting Krishna to sleep and cooking for Krishna and feeding Krishna and dressing Krishna and bathing Krishna. We can be part of that Leela. You can be part of uh, this the experience, the Vatsalya Prem of Mother Yashoda, the Sakya Prem of the Gwal Valves the Madhurya Prem, of the Gopis, the Manjuris, the Sakis, of Vrindavan. We can be part of those by this process of bhakti, not by niskam karma, not by yoga, not by karma, not by jnana, by bhakti, ananyaya bhakti, jyatum drashtum chatarthina. We can know him and see him eye to eye and face to face, even in this material world. I heard a very nice story about Srila Prabhupada, I wanted to share with you. He had a very intimate relationship with Rukmini dorkadish the deities, the Lord of our Iskon Temple in Los Angeles, California. I'll tell you three stories actually uh, in relationship with Srila Prabhupada's relationship with Rukmini dorkadish uh, the old temple, which is the old temple which is now the Fate museum, Śrīla Prabhupāda used to enter from the back door and it was quite some distance, maybe 50 meters, something like that, from the back door where Śrīla Prabhupāda would enter to the altar. So he entered from the back door, took a few steps and stopped and he said, there is something in Krishna's eye. He said, is it? So the Bajari went right up, looked at this small deity, Rukmini Drakarnath, the sub deity of Rukmini Drakarnath. So the Pajari looked and said, reported back to, no, Srila Prabhupada, there's nothing in Krishna's eye. Nothing is there. (sighs) Prabhupada said, no, there is something in Krishna's eye. So the Pajari went back again and looked very, very closely, and there was a tiny fleck of tilak in Krishna's eye. How could Srila Prabhupada see that? Impossible. From the back of the room, even the Pajari looking directly a few inches from Krishna's face didn't notice the fleck of tilak in Krishna's eye. What was happening here? is complaining to Srila Prabhupada, your pujari has left something in my eye, you please do something about it. Another time, um, Dwarkadish was telling Srila Prabhupada that I want you to go to India. And Srila Prabhupada argued with Dwarkadish because this is the nature of the Ragatmika devotee of Srila Prabhupada's stature, eternal associate of the Lord who who came to this world simply on the order of the Lord to preach Krishna bhakti eternal associate ragatvik devotee so they also argue with Krishna they criticize Krishna they may chastise Krishna so Prabhupada was having an argument with Dwarakadish Dwarakadish was saying I want you to leave Dwarka, this big temple which at the time was the world headquarters of this I want you to leave, and I want you to go to India to preach. Prabhupada said, no. (laughs) We're making devotees here. So many people are coming. We're distributing hundreds, thousands of books. Deity worship is going on. People are coming to the Sunday feast. I want to stay here. Merkaji said, no. I want you to go and preach in India. And what was it? Prabhupada, of course, ultimately agreed. What was the result? Our and Mumbai temple. Vrindavan temple, Mayapur temple, the whole India preaching began with Śrīla Prabhupāda following the direct instruction in his conversation with uh, Rukmini Dwarkadesh to leave Los Angeles and go to India and preach. And one other amazing pastime that was related by my esteemed godbrother, Amiyat Vaprabhu. Śrīla Prabhupāda was coming to Los Angeles and amiyat Vaprabhu was being transcendentally making a transcendental plan to greet Srila Prabhupada at the sidewalk. There's a sidewalk right in front of the temple. Prabhupada's car would pull up to the sidewalk and get out of the car. Ammiyatma Prabhu's plan, was said, I will greet Srila Prabhupada. I'll be right there when Prabhupada gets out of the car and I will offer flowers. But some devotees said, Prabhu, there's service. I mean, there's some last minute service. We need your help, please. So I thought, oh, what to do? but let me serve, serving Srila Prabhupada is more important than just standing there to greet him. So he took up some service in the temple. Prabhupada's car came. So he thought, let me uh, greet Prabhupada at the door. But still there was service to do. So he was busy up in the front of the temple and due course of time, a hundred devotees all packed into the temple and he was pushed. Prabhupada came up to the front to take Darshan, take Amrit, stand in front of Rukmini Drakadish and circumstantially, Aminatma Prabhu was pushed. He had to push back so he wouldn't bump into Śrīla Prabhupāda. He was standing right next to Śrīla Prabhupāda. And how did that happen? Actually, by his service attitude. I just want to serve. I don't want to be recognized. I don't want a special position. I just want to serve Śrīla Prabhupāda. And what was the result? He was standing right next to Śrīla Prabhupāda. And he was listening to Śrīla Prabhupāda's prayers. And actually he said, it wasn't exactly a prayer. Srila Prabhupada was having a conversation with Rukmini Dorkadish. And he was asking, he could hear his head was right next to Srila Prabhupada's head because Almyat was short in stature also, about the same height as Srila Prabhupada. So he's standing right next to Prabhupada and he could hear Srila Prabhupada speaking to Rukmini Dorkadish. And he was asking, your, your, your outfit is very beautiful, my Lord. Are they giving you an outfit like this all the time? And then there was some silence. Then Prabhupada said, oh, very good, very good. Are they offering you nice boga? And some silence. His question is responding. Oh, very good. Are you enjoying the offering? Some silence. Oh, very good. He was personally witnessing Srila Prabhupada having conversation with Rukmini Dorkin. So this is the power of bhakti. The drashtum We can enter into the mysteries of our understanding of the Supreme Lord. What is our relationship with the Lord? We can talk to the Lord. We can see the Lord. Lord responds to bhakti alone. How did, how did Sakshi Gopal walk all across the, the country from Vrindavan to Orissa? How Why did he do that? By jnana? by yoga, by karma. If you walk, Krishna, I'll give you some money. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some. Now you come with me. I want you to, because I want to marry this girl because of some material desire. No, because of bhakti, to maintain the, the respectability of the process of devotional service, to, remain, to maintain the brahminical stature of his devotee, the Lord walked all the way across India. This is the power of bhakti. He can walk. He can talk. Krishna was defeated. <laughs> Actually, he was defeated because this young Brahman argued with the Lord, and he said that you're a deity. How can you walk? Because he's having conversation with the Lord. How can you walk? This deity said, "I can't go with you. I'm a deity. I can't. I can't walk. I can't be a witness for you. Follow you all the way across India. Mm -hmm. This is not possible. I'm a deity." But the devotees are very clever, also. So the devotee said, "My Lord, if you can talk, you can walk." So the Lord followed him all the way across India to maintain the devotees, to witness, to bear witness to the devotee's saintly nature, to bear witness to his bhakti. He wasn't interested in the girl, but to maintain the principle of, of brahminical life, of truthfulness, of bhakti, of honesty. The Lord followed his devotee all the way across India. This is the loving relationship. The Lord is controlled by Bhakti, is controlled by Bhakti. In the uh, ninth canto, I think, Srimad Bhagavatam, there's a story of Ambarish Maharaj and Dharvasa Muni. As we remember, Dharvasa Muni made a great offense to Ambarish Maharaj, he tried to kill him. And because of that, Sudarshan Chakra chased him all the way to Vaikuntha. In fear, he threw himself at the feet of Lord Vishnu. He's a very powerful yogi. He could go enter Vaikunta by, by his mystic power. But he wasn't as powerful as Ambrish Maharaj. So he begged forgiveness from Lord Vishnu. said, please, this this Sudarshan chakra, I don't want to die. You please call off. Recall your Sudarshan chakra. But the Lord said, I cannot because you've offended my devotee. That Lord said, the devotees are my heart. And I am in the heart of devotees. The, the devotees don't know anything but me and I don't know anything but the devotees. So we should take note that if we offend the devotee, we're giving pain to Krishna's heart. Such an intimate relationship is there between the devotees and the Lord that is impossible to achieve by karma, by nishkam karma yoga, by, by um, ashtanga yoga, by jnana, by karma. None of these things can give this, this result. And the Lord said, Oh, my dear, dvijja, that I I have no independence. I am under the control of my devotee. And this we see also in this beautiful Dhamadhar (laughs) Lila. That fear personified is afraid of Krishna. That Krishna is afraid of Mother Yashodistha. He's become under the control of Mother Yashoda. She's chastising him. He's bound up. How? Bhakti Bhadam. Not with a rope. He's bound with Mother Yashoda's love. And he's standing there in fear crying, rubbing his two lotus eyes with his hands. Like you said, sometimes we see babies when they're very upset, they'll they'll rub their eyes like this. So Krishna is rubbing his eyes like this. The mascara is coming down his face. He's crying. The pearl necklace on his neck is moving. He's breathing heavily. In fear of Mother Yashoda. what? Mother, when Kunti Maharani sees this, she says, I can't understand this. He understands Krishna is the Supreme Lord. But when she sees the Supreme Lord, when she hears that this Leela of Krishna rubbing his eyes and crying in fear of other I can't understand. I can't understand. So we meditate on this wonderful Leela of how Krishna comes under the control of his devotee. And when the devotee tastes the love of the Lord, how much the Lord is willing to reciprocate with us, how much the Lord is willing to have relationship with us in, in, in any of these rasas. Then that, that uh, I don't want anything else. I don't want anything else. I have no interest. Alam, Laksha millions of opulences are of no steaming, of no use to me. I have no interest in any other thing. When we taste this relationship with the Lord in Bhakti, because the Lord is controlled by Bhakti. He's not controlled by Nishkam Karma Yoga. So when Arjuna is confused, this is a very important question. Arjuna's question is very important to understand, very important to understand the answer to this question, because the answer is that there's nothing superior to Bhakti. Krishna is controlled by Bhakti. Bhakti liberates us from this material world. Bhakti will deliver us to the kingdom of God where we'll enter into an eternal relationship with the Lord and never, Yad Dhamma Paramamama. We'll never come back here to this world. Of Janma, Rityu, jara, and Yaddi. Birth, death, old age and disease. This is the power of Bhakti. So if we understand this carefully, we'll become more enthused in our own devotional practices. More enthused to chant and hear Krishna, remember Krishna, pray to Krishna, have, have greed for Krishna, um, have more enthusiasm to serve those devotees that have become dear to Krishna. So we should understand this carefully. Cultivate this greed for Krishna Bhakti because this is the price to pay. Uh, Krishna's. Uh, Krishna Bhakti Vrsabhavi Tamati, Kriyatam Yadikutopi, Labhyate, Tatramulyam, Lok, Tatramulyam. This is the root, this greed, Loyam, is the key. Janmakoti Sukritayana Labhyate. Millions of lifetimes of Sukriti cannot give you the result. But a moment in pure devotional service, if when our heart blossoms in love for God, this is the objective. So to get that, we should be more enthusiastic for chanting, more enthusiastic for giving Krishna consciousness, for preaching Krishna bhakti, more enthusiastic for serving Vaishnavas. And by that, in this lifetime, then this result of Krishna prema is within our grasp. What else? There's nothing left to maintain. More than that. Lakshalabai. Hundreds of other opulences are of no use to us. Kimanyai. There's nothing left to achieve. Thank you very much for your kind attention. Shiva Prabhupada Bancha If anyone has any comment or question, any correction, addition, comment. Thank you, Prabhuji, for the wonderful class. Um, I I mean I'm wondering uh, that Sakam. Uh, karma um, is the lowest. Then a person goes to the nishkam karma, and then to bhakti. Um, so nishkam karma, uh, as uh, you mentioned, that it is uh, it, it will not uh, uh, take a person to Krishna. So nishkam karma is good, but it is not good enough. Am I correct in my understanding? <laughs> Yes, perfect, perfect understanding. Lattaji. The thing is, there's different, there's different medicines for different diseases. and We can't, we have to follow the prescription of the doctor. So Vedas accommodate all types of persons. This is the 18 Puranas, six Puranas in Tamas, six in Rajas, six in Sattva. So, Vedas accommodate all kinds kinds of persons. You want to enjoy the material world? Then there's the flowery words of the Vedas, how to do it, how to get a wonderful birth, come back and enjoy incredible opulence, material happiness, sense gratification. If that's what you want, there's a system. But if you want liberation, there's a system for that. And if you want prema, there's a system for that. But the person who is man after sense gratification will never understand the value of the system that will give you prema. So there's different medicines, there's different prescriptions for different types of persons in this world. So we can't mix them up homogeneously. Sometimes people ask, well, well, it says in uh, like Shiva Purana or Varaha Purana, Varuda Purana, Tamasic uh, Puranas. Well, the Lord Shiva is the Supreme Lord. Okay, so worship Lord Shiva. You'll be benefited by that. You'll make progress by that. Nishkam Karma Yoga, they'll make progress by that. You read in the 12th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, there's a whole progression. Krishna says, Ananyasinta Yon No, I'm not, I'm not. What is that? I can't remember the verse. Anyway, he says, just uh, focus everything on me, become my devotee, offer everything to me, no self interest. But if you can't do that, then do this. If you can't do that, then do this. If you can't do that, do can't do that gives a whole progression of things that won't give you krishna prema but they'll give you progress towards the ultimate goal of krishna prema so sakam bhakti sakam karma is a is a step on the way because you're acknowledging there's a there's someone better than you there's a supreme authority that's giving you the results of your karma nishkam karma yoga is another step on the way that understanding that the fruits of labor will never make me happy but ultimately, they all, read, they all lead to Shuddha-bhakti because there's nothing higher than that. This is the objective. So we can't confuse. And this is where Arjuna has become confused because he's thinking, you he said to work in devotion, but that's also work, but you said no work. So he's becoming confused. Work in devotion, Krishna-bhakti, simply to praise a haitukiya pritiyata. this selfless service, can give us the highest result. So this is what Krishna is getting ready to tell the Lord. Uh, and, and at the end of the chapter, he also says, You want to be peaceful, even peacefulness. That learn, understand, you're not the enjoyer of the fruits of your labor. I'm the enjoyer. So, there's different steps in the point. The Short answer to question is different steps. There's different prescriptions for different types of people. We're not all the same. Also, that's why there's Varnashram. You know, we're, all, we're meant to be completely detached from the world, sannyas. And more than sannyas even, sannyas is also within Varnashram. We're meant to be Paramahansas, completely in love with Krishna, completely aloof from the modes of material nature. But how to get there, There's stages in life. brahmachari stage, family stage, renounced stage, uh, retired stage, renounced stage. There's different stages in life, different prescriptions for different types of attached, different types of attachment. So we should understand, we should be honest. Another point is we should be honest about where we are. You know, a grihasta, for example, shouldn't think that his wife is his uh, sannyasi he is a sannyasi. His wife is his sannyasi assistant. He's, she's your partner. You should love and respect your wife. Your wife should love and respect husband. You're not sannyasis, You're great hostess. And brahmachari shouldn't think, you know, let me let me enjoy this world. Get a nice car, a nice cell phone, nice clothes. No, you're a brahmachari. Sleep on the floor. Have two dotis, two kirtas, big bag cope and live a simple life. If you don't want simple life, then get married. No problem. Because ultimately it doesn't matter whether you go back to Godhead from the Grihasta Ashram or Sannyas Ashram. You're going back to Godhead. Does it matter? If if you're going back to Godhead, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. So there's different processes, different procedures, there's different prescriptions for different types of people. For one, Nishkam karma is a huge blessing if someone is Sakarma, sakama, then to come nishkam karma is a is a huge step in the positive direction. But the ultimate conclusion is to sarvatarmam perejantam, mamekam sharanam. We surrendered to Krishna exclusively. Mamekam sharanam. This is Krishna's ultimate conclusion. And manmana we find the conclusion to whole Bhagavad Gita. The conclusion of the book tells us what we should really be doing. And he says, bhava Mad Bhaktoma You become a devotee. Worship me. But bow down to me. Give up everything for me. Give up all types of dharma for me and come back to me. And this is the ultimate conclusion. But most people are unable to take that. Devotees are very rare. Devotees that take up this process are very rare, special people. Everyone we should be very respectful and loving towards Lord's devotees because. They're they're able to take this prescription. As devotees done everything else. In third canto of Bhagavatam, we hear this verse. Uh, A devotee who's chanting that who's on whose tip of his tongue, Jivagri, the holy name is there. He's done everything else. He's done Vedic sacrifice. He's taken holy dips. He's gone in Tirta He's studied the Vedas. He's given in charity. He's done tapasya. He's done everything. What's left for him? What's left to achieve for the person who's chanting the holy name? Only Krishna Prema. Only Krishna Prema. So we shouldn't be diverted by any other consideration that we want this because the fruit of our chanting Krishna's name, the fruit of Krishna Nama is Krishna Prema. So we have to be very fixed. We should not be distracted by the flowery words in the Vedas, by sense gratification. We shouldn't be distracted by any other thing. And whenever ashram we are in, we shouldn't be distracted. Internally, only Krishna. Externally, we do our duty. We play our role. But internally, only Krishna. Only Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna Hare 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 ram, ram. and this will give us perfection. And when the last breath comes, Hare Krishna, and Chakta Dehum Pranayama. this is perfection of life. So we should under we should understand everything in perspective. Um, sakam, y- sakam, 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 y- Yoga, Nishkam Karma, and y- even. Y- Karma Mishra bhakti, yoga mishra bhakti. Bhakti is the key to to even to, to karma. There's, you can't really get the fruit of karma without bhakti. You can't get the fruit of jnana or yoga without bhakti. But our our objective is bhakti, Unmixed pure. shunyam. This is a we fix our sight on this thing. I just want this. I want pure. Devotional service. Chudhava. No karma, no jnana, no other uh, abhilas, no other desire in my life. This Krishna. Anyway, thank you. Nice question, Mati. Thank you, Prabhuji. Anything else? Are we done? Thank you, Prabhuji, so much for a wonderful class. Thank you, Manida Prabhu, for organizing everything. I appreciate you, it. Baba. You're doing very nice service to all the devotees. Thank you, Hari Krishna. Prabhupada. All glory to Shri Prabhupada. Anybody has any other question, comments? Okay, I'll leave. I still have puja to do. Thank you so much for your opportunity to speak to you. Srila Prabhupada, ki jayanti